Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Manufactured in upstate New York, an employee-owned company, Golden makes the best acrylics, oil paints, and watercolors that you can buy. You can find them in your local art store, or you can find them online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is supported by the New York Studio School. The school welcomes artists from around the world to join us this summer in New York City or virtually from your studio to learn from dedicated artists and expand as a maker in the legendary Marathon program. Rigorous and immersive, marathons unfold over 10 days from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time daily and present an extensive range of art-making strategies, comprehensive critiques, and inspirational discussions. Expansive, first-hand discoveries propel artists to relate to drawing, painting, and sculpture as direct methodologies for understanding one's experience in the world, the profound impact of which continues far beyond each marathon's conclusion. Generous partial scholarships are available. Visit nyss.org to apply today. Fulcrum Coffee Roasters are a Seattle-based, full-service, wholesale coffee roaster and retailer with over 25 years of experience defined by a focus on premium roast coffee and local and global community. Check out their coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com. Sound and Vision listeners can get 20% off your order of coffee by using the code ALFREDSTUDIO when you make an online order. Miranda Fengwan Jiang was born in Shanghai, China in 1993. She earned a BFA in studio art from NYU in 2016. Scattered Lines is her current solo exhibition with Candace Matty Gallery and Chambers Fine Art Gallery, which runs through July 3rd. Other solo exhibitions include Capsule Gallery in Shanghai, Halsey McKay Gallery in East Hampton, and Half Gallery in Shanghai. She's been the recipient of the La Maison de Art Contemporain Residency in Asla, Morocco, and will be an upcoming resident at the Architopia Foundation in Mexico. I spoke to Miranda about playing piano, the loom, Shanghai and New York City, her incredibly close studio assistant, travel as inspiration, and much more. Here's our conversation. Uh, exactly. You know I mean? No, it's it's not gonna. Ha- it's it's really when you meet somebody at the first time and the conversation is very different than if you want to trying to make a same one again. Right. It's never the same. How how do actors do it where they do like fifty takes of something? Well, that's how that's their job, I guess. They just <laughs> um, they can just run it. They can just yeah, but they have the script, so I think it will be easier for them since they have a script to follow that's true but for an interview or conversation um it's difficult because everything is from the memory from uh who you are and um then it's going to be more difficult right now when you're making your work do you follow Mm -hmm. a script do you have like it's sketched out is it pretty much solid you know what it's going to be 
Um, no, actually, I'm I'm a very intuitive person. Um, with the knitted work, um, which I have zero sketch. Um, I just usually lay out, um, pick all the um colors, uh, mm-hmm. lay out all the balls, uh, uh the the yarn balls uh, in front of me with uh, diff- uh, the the color palette I want, and then I just start mixing the yarns together. I usually mix, um, you know, depends on the texture of the yarn, the material, it's wool, cotton, or anything, or even the yarn that has glitter. So I mix them together, and then I just start knitting, and that's a very intuitive process. I don't have any sketch. But with the weaving, since it requires uh, a bit more um, rules, um, I would have a very, very simple sketch that kind of know um, the composition, but it can also change throughout the way. And the color is not um, exact color with the the color of the yarn. I I usually do it with color pencil. So so there are a lot of um, adjustment and intuition uh, throughout the ways. It sounds not dissimilar to like a loose pencil sketch for a painting. Yeah, not very. No, no, no. It's it's really. Um, I will do it on my notebook. It's really like one one by one inch that kind of size. Yeah. Um, and then I will just do like, and also with the with the composition, it can be totally different when when it's on the loom because I don't even do any calculations. Right. Um, the only calculation I do usually is uh, at the preparation stage. Where you know you ha- I have to decide how how wide the piece gonna be and how many threads I need for each inches and that's when the the serious calculation happen. Um, but usually I I don't even do uh, when it's actually on the loom when I start weaving, I don't do like serious calculation. I kind of just let it go. Um, yeah. Right. So with you know. Artists usually like when you're young, you know, kids draw, they sketch and, and it's just usually it's part of like almost every kid's childhood as you, you know, you like to sketch mm-hmm. or draw mm-hmm. things and that can be a portal. Um, when in working with fiber, I think there's a natural tendency for people to imagine that this might be something that you had a relationship to when you were younger, like fabrics yes. or, there, or it stems out of a process that's probably tied to some experience in the youth. But then again, there are right. some people who find it in college. So, like, was this something, like, growing up, were mm-hmm. you a sketcher? And did you also have this kind of, you know, relationship right. to fabric or fiber or whatever whenever you were younger? Um, actually, I never studied um, art. I, I, I didn't even, like, do sketches when I was young. It's, it's, it, I, I studied, actually, music. Um, oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want to. I know that fits Sorry. perfectly uh, within the context of the title of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, I actually was growing up. I was growing up in in Shanghai, right? Um, and my mother kind of just you know the Chinese education, the tiger mom. Like she's not really like a tiger mom, but um, she kind of you know followed every other parents' path. Like you right. have to study piano. You had to do dance, ballet dance, and all those like classical uh, trainings. And I never thought about I could become 
an artist uh, later, like when I'm um, in the junior year in my college, I was not even in art major. Um, I, I, I went to NYU, but I was in liberal art um, program. And then the junior year, I transferred to, to art. So I, I actually didn't have um, serious um, art training. Um, but I always love um, materials. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, um, actually, I did um, mostly ceramics. Uh, so, so, and then after the college and after I graduate, um, I still did a little bit ceramics. But I, you know, in New York City, it's very expensive. Then don't you don't really have the access um, to the ceramic. Um, studios the kilns and the tools it's a lot and then it's it's a lot um i i went i i tried to uh go to you know the um those shared studio space but you, you don't have the freedom to do whatever you want right. it's not like in school then i was like oh i need to find something else to do um that's more ac- accessible um and then i, I always loved um yarn as a materials so I started actually making sweaters and uh, and then, but I, I now if I think about this material, um, my grandmother from my mother's side, um, she was a knitter, um, but I actually never met her. I kind of only hear a story about her. Mm-hmm. Um, so my family um, back in the 1650s, we were um, quote unquote the, the aristocracy kind of family, right. and after the cultural uh, cultural revolution, cultural revolution, um, so we had a very difficult moment. Um, so my grandmother kind of self taught her um, how to make jumpers and sweater. That's the leisure for all the women back then, mm-hmm. um, because you don't have that much access to, uh, you know, the industrial uh, made. Um, uh, fashion goods and and she loves uh, you know making clothes she loves clothes but she just couldn't afford it and the yarn was very uh, luxury material too so she would make uh, small jumpers for my mom and my uncle but when they grow up um, the jumper would be too small so she had to uh, unravel the old sweater and make a new one so that story kind of always um, embedded in my memory and um, so a lot of my knitted works are uh, from um, leftover yarns that I gather from the Chinese factories and um, yeah so I think I kind of had a little bit relationship to this material to fibers but actually when I was very young or the path I grew up I didn't um, I didn't have any association with this material actually Yeah. yeah You know what's funny? I just thinking about um, you know fiber and like the way in the loom and making that kind of work. I can't help but think of there. It feels like, and you would know this, and I don't know this. It feels like mm-hmm. there's somewhat like a similarity between playing piano and working on the loom, as far as like the oh, relationship totally. to it, isn't it? With the strings, totally, and all totally. That stuff. It's so interesting because you, you have to use both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to use both your hand and your feet. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, actually I was thinking about it, uh, when I was on the loom yesterday, 
um, I was yeah I was trained classical uh, classically uh, with piano. Mm-hmm. So because um, you know everybody told my mom you know you have to let her play the piano because that's the best way to train uh, both your brains. Um, so I mean yeah and when I was when I'm on the loom I always feel it's very similar. Like you have to coordinate um, your whole body um, in order to, you know, weave. Yeah. Um, and I love that process because um, your your body your your body kind of just dive into that instrument, um, and then you have to really think about how you coordinate all of them and the way you you do the paddle. Uh, for me, it's 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 really interesting. Like, do you use your right feet? Because in piano, usually you do your right feet. Yeah. But uh, right foot. But actually, on weaving, you have to do both. It's more like a dancing on the paddle. Depends on how many paddles you have. Right. Um, yeah, it is. Um, I think it's, it it does um, makes me think about piano when I'm on the loom. You know what's interesting though? The you know you're talking about a classical sort of analog piano, but if you think of like the Hammond organ or like electric organs, they play bass lines mm. with their feet too. So they're using both feet. Oh, right. And right. The, and what, right. The, one really interesting thing about the the structure of the, the loom and the piano is it's kind of like there's a geography to it. And in a sense, you're kind of like data mapping where you're plotting it, things out through space, you yes. know, through like a linear yes. space. And it's almost like an equation. I'm a, but for, I would think that the relationship of color in the loom and like the way you're working is almost like this a similar um sort of uh, variable as like tones are in the piano like how hard you strike is almost Mm -hmm. like the color of the instrument so it's like where you're hitting the notes is where the notes go like where you're putting that fabric is where it goes but the color is almost like this the the sort of tone and the expression of it in a way yeah, it is. Is that it's dead totally. wrong? <laughs> no, no, I'm no, just no, no, it right is. <laughs> but it's just stuff um, I think about, you know, this relationship yeah, I, I to sound and music and, and, and I, to visuals. I think it totally makes sense to me, actually. Yeah. And also, like, you know, I don't know you have ever on the, um, been ever on the loom before. Um, I haven't, but the I've been sound, <laughs> You can hear the, uh, the, the music of it. Yeah. You know, when the beat beat the loom and when the shafts are moving up and down and also the paddle, it also has this very interesting um, music to the rhythm. Mm. Um, it's all about rhythm too. And also you talk about color. I think color is definitely my, my notes. Um, like for me, even though I don't do any planning beforehand, color is totally like, for me, color always comes first. Yeah. And then it will be the um, composition. It will be the content and the things that I want to make. But definitely color color comes first and the material. Yeah, it is. I think everything's... I, when, I'm, I'm, when I'm on the loom, I'm always li- listening to the music too. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all kind of connecting to each other. Yeah, yeah. So do you, do you vibe off specific stuff? Like if you're listening to Beethoven... Is that going to be a different working day than Rachmaninoff or than like, you know, Thelonious Monk or something like that? Yeah. Um, I usually, I tend to listen to something more calm. Because um, um, 
if I'm on the loom for for like let's say like six hours and, and my body is <laughs> yeah. really tired and if I, I was up meet music I kind of get crazy um I need something more calm and and just have a very good consistency and actually um working with fiber the the tension the consistencies is also very important yeah um like how how hard your you you press the pedal how hard you 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 beat beat the beat it's all about consistency so you kind of need your body to get into this very uh good consistency so you make sure all the tensions and um the space that between each yarns are are as close as possible to each other um, yeah, I usually just do like more calm, um, uh, Sakamoto sometimes, you know, and, and classical. And yeah. also I do like very, I, I don't know, I just I'll go on my Spotify and just do, you know, um, a mix of everything, but usually like quite calm. Yeah. Right. And is your, you're based in the city, right? You're here in New York. Yes, I am. So do you have a big um, studio or is it relatively intimate? I work from home, actually. Perfect. So, do you um, have a baby grand right next to the loom? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I have a. Uh, I have my dad actually next to my loom all the time. <laughs> oh, really? Different, different <laughs> yeah. than the piano, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a. I have actually electronic piano. Um, oh, home. Nice. I brought it all the way from uh, my high school. I, I went to um, high school in Toronto, so. I, I had I was actually in a jazz band. Oh really? Um, so you did know yeah, who Thelonious I, Monk was? Yes. Um. Wait, that sounds very. He's a familiar. bebop pianist, the one guy with the pork pie hat who like played like really funky. Anyways, oh, you've, you'll yeah, know him yeah, if you yeah. see him. But you yeah, see, yeah, you're, you're just sounding by your sensibilities. You seem like you might be more of like a Bill Evans person than a McCoy oh, Tyner I'm, person. I'm terrible with name i need to give me uh, like oh, we'll please share. send we me those share names yeah <laughs> yes please yes please i do need more uh music recommendation because i'm always on spotify and they, and they don't give me good music <laughs> well wait so um, how did you end up in toronto for high school um so i'm when i was in china um i kind of the chinese education system I, I never feel I belong to that. It's it's very for me it's very harsh. It it's purely just, you know, scores and um take the test and you have to be, you know, like the ranks and all that and I just for me it just is so limited and I always had fight with my mother and I was I had this like summer camp in Toronto one summer and I loved it and I was like, mom, please send me to, you know, somewhere else. Not, not study in, in China, please. Right. Um, and then she kind of just um, find a place in, 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 in Canada. And then I always, I always wanted to come to States, but he, she's like, oh, you know, Canada is more safe. Um, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And because I was only like 16 and she, she sent me just by myself, um, and then I just went, so I went to boarding school in, in Toronto, but it ended up, I kind of hate it. Um, so I told my mother, I was like, I have to go to New York. So I applied all the school in New York and I told my mom, like, whichever school accept me, I will go. Um, so I ended up, I went to um, NYU. Um, so yeah, um, and then after graduation, I have been here ever since. 
Um, but I now actually go back to Shanghai. I was in Shanghai um, since last November until um, the May. I just came back for the show. Um, I had a show in, in, in Capsule in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like I kind of maybe will divide my time between the two um, cities more and more. Um, because actually things happening a lot in, in, in Asia, in, in Shanghai. And it's, I usually, in the past 10 years, I usually go back um, once um, a year. Um, but this time I say six months. Um, I really feel, wow, it's, it's, it's a very different city in terms in term of what I do. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to be with my family, uh, my mother. So um, I might divide my time between the, between the two, two places. Um, and also, I think my, my career kind of just start, start and I'm having this good galleries in, 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 good gallery in China and I have some, now I made some new friends in China. And so now kind of, um, and also it's nice to travel. I love traveling. It's definitely one of my biggest insp- inspiration in life. I agree. Um, it's been yeah, hard this last now, year, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it, I just, yeah, I love landscape, the landscape of, um, different city, different culture, the light just different. Like when you take pictures of uh, Tokyo or Japan or Shanghai, even though they're super close to each other, I mean, geogra- geographically, um, the light is different, the landscape, the people, and, and I, I need to travel. Um, so yeah, the, the COVID, the pandemic, just makes everything very difficult. Um, yeah, it's it's been, I mean, I, I agree with you. I feel the same way. And, you know, I've been... Sh- fortunate enough to like show in different places around the world for like the last 20 some years so I've been able to travel Mm -hmm. to a lot of places that I don't think I normally would have if I didn't have a show in that place so I realized my work has really become about like the world like a broader look at things because of travel so it's so important and then when that's taken away like when we were basically locked in for a year it was kind of tough you know it is like traveling on google Yeah, I was basically traveling on my on my laptop, yeah. um, watching movies. You know, trying to get a sense of um, outer space, outer space, and I kind of just lock myself with my dad. My dad is my first assistant here, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of just spent time at home, and that was a very productive year for me, actually. Yeah. Um, because you had nothing else to do, and you just you don't have any obligations. Uh, you don't have to go to the openings. You don't have to social. So it kind of gave me a excuse of you know making works and just really focus. And and that's kind of interesting too. Um, it just sometimes you get really burned out. Like yeah, you don't know what to make anymore. And you're stuck. You're but, just in the same. Pl- again, like the inspiration changes whenever it's all home. I guess though it was advantageous that your studio is where you live, so that makes it yeah better in the sense that you didn't have to worry about going out to the studio yeah for me i tried i i live in uh, chinatown um so i i used to have studio in brooklyn mm-hmm. so i have to go to brooklyn every day but actually now i have a i have a you know a very tiny office like kind of studio space um down the road so um it's mainly for studio visit and to do the dirty works, like stretch, uh, you know, putting the works on the stretchers and 
uh, building the stretchers, and home usually is doing the you know the real work and weaving, knitting, and with fiber, I kind of like the environment is very clean. Yeah. Um, because you're dealing with wool and cotton and all these uh, stuff, so if it's clean for me, it's it's better. And so I work from home, and I love working from home actually. So you wake up and you have your you had a coffee, you have a coffee, and you just go straight to the loom, you just start working, and you don't have to worry about commute. And yeah, I love working from. It home, really actually. saves a lot of time. I think people are feeling that way too, who are working like normal jobs when they were working at home. It's like. Like I can be so much more productive. I just get out of bed and hop on the computer and I'm in a meeting or something. And I think yeah. that's going to change for a lot of people. I mean, my studio is really close. It's only like seven minutes away. But I set wow. up in my home office like a small space to work on smaller works. And it's been great right. because, you know, if I'm with the family, like after they go to sleep, I could just hop into the office and work, you know, which I usually did right, on the computer. Right. I would do computer work anyways, but it's nice to have that option of doing analog work as well. I think a lot of people have, you know, found that kind of like useful to just find a spot to work at home as well, if possible. Right, right. I love it. I, I mean, for artists, I think, um, but I have friends doing, you know, finance and they don't enjoy it because they literally just don't have excuse to to do any break. Oh yeah, um, just always working. Yeah, you're always on the clock. Always. Yeah, exactly. So for them, it's kind of tough, and and they don't have even time to get out. And people know you're home in front of the computer, but for me, it's perfect because I can do, um, like three hours of weaving, and then I can do some drawings, and I can read something, watch something, and it's it's for me, it's it's perfect. Even in Shanghai, I got a loom this time too, and nice. I was like also you know working from home, and it doesn't require a. A very big space. Um, it just require you know the space that you can fit a loom in it, right. um, and it's very beautiful. Um, a piece of uh, furniture almost, so it doesn't even feel like oh you're in the studio, but it's kind of become a part of your your home. Um, right. Yeah. So you were saying your dad is here with you, and then when you go back, you stay with your mother. Yes, then, um, he kind of just travel with me now. Yeah. Whenever I go back, he tra- I come back with me and stay uh, with my mother. And when I oh because we have green car, so he has to be um, here for a certain amount of time. Right. But also, I think um, I now I kind of need him. He's very very helpful um, uh, with with my work. Actually, um, he's super handy um, um, w- um, with all the finishing works. Um, and with the loom, when you when you put put the work on the loom, you kind of need two person, and and he 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 just he has been just helping me a lot um, with with all everything. That's a good family relationship because I can tell you that there's not a lot of humans who would work with their parents, and that works out. <laughs> I know, I know, it's very surprising. Um, I definitely can work with my mother. Um, my mother is very demanding and. High maintenance, uh, but my mother, my father is super chill. Like he would, you know, does his own calligraphy, and he would, you know, help me do do the weaving, finishing works, putting structures together, even cook. And he's super, super helpful. I I feel really, really grateful yeah. to have somebody like that. And as an artist, you know, like sometimes you're always by yourself. Like you 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 spend all your time just 
be with yourself. And with my dad beside me, it's kind of, you know, um, so you don't, sometimes if I'm by myself too long with the loom, I kind of just like losing, you know, sense of time, losing sense of, you know, movement. And, and I kind of get depressed sometimes, but with my dad, beside me he kind of encouraged me saying hey you have to make the works now or sometimes like hey you have to go to bed right you know it's 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 really interesting it, it now it feels like a family fam, family business now and it, it, i quite enjoy it. and sometimes my friends come over and my dad will just like he the, the only thing he loves is to drink with my friend and <laughs> i don't drink um so I would invite my friends over and drink with my dad and, and he will be happy and he does his own thing and he, he doesn't speak the language. Um, so usually he has a walk and he come back and we just, you know, do our things separately. And then when I need him, I was like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And he would just um, do it. And he's super, super good with his hands. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm very surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And does he stay out of the art critique business, or is he giving you that kind of impact? Oh, oh, he he, he likes to critique. He really loves to do that. He yeah. when I, whenever I finish a piece or when I'm on the way uh, in the progress, and he always um, tell me, I think this piece the color is not right. <laughs> um, but he has his own, you know, taste, and right. he he does it really funny. Sometimes, actually, the the uh, critique is um, helping a little, but sometimes it's like that. No, no, no. Let's 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 not do this. It's right. it's too much, you know. Because <laughs> he he now he's kind of because the more he sees me do it, the more he understands my progress and and the color. Um, so he likes to talk about my work, and I also like to take him. Because my parents are not in art, and he, they don't know art at all. Yeah. So when I started, they, they, everybody in my family got like so surprised, and they're like, uh, "Tell me what you do exactly." And like every other parents, when their kids want to be in a full time artist, um, so I when whenever they're in town, I usually take them out for you know to look at shows and go to museums, go to fairs, just to let them understand what I'm doing. And um, my dad now totally gets it. Right. Um, he's he I we I took him to freeze. I took him to um, openings, and now he totally gets it. And he look at other art too. Mm-hmm. Um, he will even like tell me. Does he like it? If he like it, or he he hates it, or yeah, we kind of do a little bit of communication with art now, which I feel very good about. Even with my mom in Shanghai, what mom come to the opening with me, like you know, and look at art. And my mom is also very sensitive, and in a way, I feel like they both and they both understand art. It just like without the context, they don't have you know. They don't have this uh, connection with art, but I, I love them. I love to introduce all these to them. And it has been really good so far. And now they have, now because I had a show in Shanghai, now my mom is, yeah, it's fine. I get, it's, I totally get what you're doing. I was going to say that must have been really great to have the show because it's different. Like if you were telling people or like your parents about, Oh, I'm doing this, and it looks like. But then when they go and there's a an impressive space, and they see the work presented like that, and they see people looking at it, I feel like it always 
kind of like helps them think, oh yeah, this is real. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. My mom, basically, um, my dad already, my dad already understand what I'm doing since um, I'm working every day. I'm just, I'm not just playing. Yeah, I'm not just, you know, messing around. He sees it, the progress. Like, see, he sees how much time I devoted to, to, to art. Um, but my mom usually she she's not with me. She has her own work. So I had this show in Shanghai and. Um, in Shanghai, basically, you know, the COVID situation was really well regu- regulated. Um, right. We we didn't even have to wear masks, and um, so so my mom saw, you know, the opening, the people, and and my work, and so she now she's she's super supportive. She's like, maybe you should just focus on making art. You you just don't do anything else because because sometimes as an artist you, you have doubts and. You have hesitations, and you, you will be like, maybe I can also do something on the side, you know. And my mom and my, my my family will be just like, no, like just be focused and do making art, and and that's it. And I was like, whoa, like they're really, they're really different now. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of proud. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really it's it's a a gift when you have you know, parents that are supportive of that thing, of, of mm-hmm. what you're doing. I think it just, it takes one thing off the difficulty list of, of doing something creative because creative fields are never easy. You know, it, it's always no. difficult to sustain and to get the opportunities and all that. And if you have people, you know, in your family barking at you that like, why don't you get a real job or what are you doing with your life? It doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> Yeah, totally. No, 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 no. And and yeah, my mom. I I think I'm very lucky to have a, a family like that, and and the communication process has always been. We had fight, we had arguments, but everything. I think they just we love each other so much that we we try our best to understand each other, and and the communication process is just very important. Like I I kind of take the lead in in this. Uh, and I also wanted to show them, you know, I'm capable of of doing it, and and so now they're they're even they're even more they're they they were supportive at the beginning. It just not like t- fully trust me, um, but now they trust me what I'm doing. And and for me making for me on on the process of making art, I think it's it's super helpful. I don't have to think about anything. Right. Um. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you a bit about is. You know, the, the imagery that you're using or that you're, mm-hmm. you know, creating in the work, I feel like is, is kind of like unexpected in the medium and it just feels kind of fresh and really interesting. And I just wanted to sort of, you know, ask you like how you're coming to that imagery and is it something that's very intuitive or do you feel like you're specifically resonating with certain kinds of art history or th- you know, work before and this relationship between abstraction and the landscape and this and that and the other. <laughs> mm, yeah, um, actually, um, now I'm at the stage that moving more toward to the abstraction. Um, but when I started, I'm very intuitive. Like I, when I think about imagery, uh, the pictorial part of you know the the surface. I really focus on. I tried really try to really focus on um, the material itself. Yeah. And 
when you kind of stay as close as to the materials, the imagery kind of just come out of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's just like when you touch the material, when you see that, you know, sometimes the cotton can be shiny, sometimes the cotton can be very matte, and sometimes the wool has different density of um, colors. When you work with those materials, sometimes it just come with uh, the imagery what just come with the material. Um, with the knitted work, um, of course, um, you, you always have this foundation of uh, technique. Yeah. Um, um, there are certain techniques that can lead you to certain certain imagery. Um, so that also can that also kind of contribute to to part of you know the imagery I, I do, but mostly kind of um, most of them are from. Uh, you know the landscape, uh, but they don't illustrate you know specific locations, and um, I'm always um, very inspired by you know the the Chinese um, landscape painting in the past, in yeah. the, the the ancient paintings. It's not really about capturing you know um, a specific landscape. It's more like it's more like capturing you know the state when you're in front of this landscape. Right. Um, so, so I can give you like a, a story, one of the piece I made, which was a, um, early knitted piece. It was like a black, really big knitted piece. Um, so I was in a trip, um, to Arizona, um, to, to see, uh, to, to see my friends in Tucson. And I arrived in the airport very late. It was, it was, it was dark. It was already night. And I had to take the shuttle from Phoenix City to uh, Tucson. It was like two hours drive, um, yeah. And then when you, when I landed, um, just the breathe of the desert is so different than you know the air in New York City. Um, it 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 just like when the wind touch your skin, the wind like just blows, and the smell of the desert. Even in the dark, mm-hmm. like you can, you can even feel it. Like you don't see the desert in, in at night. But I was in this um, van on the highway. It was just like massive darkness outside of window. You own, the only light source is from um, the the highway light in front of you. Um, but you can feel that's you can just your 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 body and your. Your body can just not your eyes. It's all about your body can even feel that's a, that's a desert. Yeah. It's not New York City. Um, you don't you don't smell you know the garbage. You don't smell you know the the sweat. You know the smell <laughs> right, of the right. sweat in in the city. But you smell you know that that the sandy sandy wind, um, and it's it's pitch black. But you know that the desert is there, and it, and some plants you know on the desert, the cactus and. You know, whatever is there, it's this this massive emptiness was was in this darkness. So so that really inspired me. So I that's why I made a, a almost like um, super super dark piece. Um, so a lot of my imageries are actually um, from that. Um, it's more about when you're in front of not when you're physically in front of a certain landscape, the landscape probably you don't even see it, but you, your body kind of react to it differently with different landscape. 
it's more about um, like a stream of conscious. It's about like as human as a nature, nature itself, like react to the nature that in front of you. Uh, so that's something with with my imagery. I'm I'm trying to capture the same kind of uh, feelings of it. Yeah, I think it works. It works really well because, like, to what you're talking about, that sensibility of the relationship of self related to the landscape, mixed with kind of like the abstract elements of what you're doing, to where there's a real like when you look at the imagery. There's kind of you have to. There's a relationship immediately to landscape, and then there's mm-hmm. also like the investigation that you do to try to understand that relationship. You know, like like what is this? Right. You know, like where is it, and what is going on here? There's something really uh, engaging about that to where you you want to keep looking at the image. You know what I mean? It, it kind right. of draws you in, yeah, and there's yeah. a question mark in there that. You know, the same I love way, the question mark. Yeah, I love like, you know, in those, you know, traditional Chinese painting and, you know, I, I love ukiyo-e, like Japanese prints. And there's a real mm-hmm, sort of linear movement on the picture plane where it's like you, you were saying, it's not a, a true representation of the landscape. It's more about this experience of the landscape over time or like your eyes scanning the landscape in a way. And there's different things mm-hmm. going on within it that become really interesting to look at you know it's it's kind of i don't know there there it draws you in and it keeps you in i think which is you know kind of like what we all want to do with an image if we're making an image we kind of want the viewer to like get stuck in it you know and just keep looking at it right yeah for 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 me it's totally because usually like i would have audience come to my show asking me what is it like where is it and you know for me is i never i never give them answer i was like if you think what it is and it is what it is i usually make the titles um i usually give a little bit hint with my title but that hint doesn't mean it's their perspective it's more like my perspective that i see usually i make title after i finish the work so when i look at the work the the first thing that i see immediately that will be the title of my work but that can expand um depends uh different um, different audience react to it. I have the I had this uh, work called Nightfall in in the show. It's on now, and everybody, a lot of my friends, when they look at it, they 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 will tell me, "Oh, it looks like somebody with a a, a hood and facing back toward us." And 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 I was like, "Oh wow, you see a human in there? You see a figure in it?" For me, I I what I see is really like a. a a mountain uh, with river in front of it and has a moon behind it. It's really interesting also to see the reaction of different people. Um, and I, sometimes I would just ask my friends to name it. Um, yeah, and it's it's a it's a very interesting game for me. But I like the, I always like the you know this void um, that people um, don't necessarily understand. Uh, this question mark I mean yeah. this question mark that, that the people always have and and they would investigate and because if I give them an answer for me it will be quite boring like it is uh, a landscape from this mountain you know and I, I would love to hear like what they feel um, with the imagery and how they react to it and that also is um, part of my inspiration because um, looking through a different eyes um, 
it's very interesting because um, it, it it may be associated with their memories and the way of um, their the way they they look at things and it can be very different than mine because sometimes when I keep making the works, I I caught I kind of get get blocked it with my own thoughts, right. but with you know other people's you know reaction, um, it kind of helped me um, to even move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the one of the greatest things that art does is it kind of asks these questions that aren't really answerable and the mind always wants to answer them, you know? So, and it's, it was cool. Like in seeing the work, you, you see an image and then you kind of, your brain comes up with an idea about what it is or what it looks like and why, and then reading the title. Cause I think your titles are really effective in sort of making it even more complex. Like a weed is, but an unloved flower is a pretty great title for an image. And I love that title. Then after you read the title, you look back at the image and you're like, okay, wait, so (laughs) you know, like your brain (laughs) wants to figure it out, but that you understand there's a poetry to imagery to where it's not a literal thing necessarily. So it works really well in that sense. I think. Yeah. I, 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 I love when my things are not literal. Like I I love, there is a enigma, you know, yeah. in my work, and and I like to play the game with um, the audience, and I like to play the game with you know my title, just to you know make it more fun. And I think um, it, it's also like I I want it to be like you know a a starting point of um, making more conversations, because nowadays because of the invention, you know, the, the internet, and and we kind of miss you know. A good convers a good conversations, right. um, like conversation that it, it, it doesn't really matter like what topic is, but it a, a, a meaningful conversation. I I constantly miss it. When I was in China, um, I mean it was all it was fun with my family, and I, you know it was fun hanging out with my friends. But I always love New York because I always meet interesting people, and I can make good conversation and that's very important for me and you know the the sparks that between two or more people and you need that and as a as a human being to have interaction with others and to have to, to exchange different thoughts with without any bias and um yeah um and i i love to create conversation between my work and other people and even between me and my work and even my parents. And I, th- I think that's very important. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like, um, I mean, obviously, this, this is a dumb question. I'm not a, <laughs> embarrassed to ask a dumb question. So the, the discrepancy between how your work is seen when you're showing it here and back in Shanghai, do you feel like, is that really interesting to you? Or is it, is it kind of a, a, you oh, know, oh, a, it, a major it difference between the two? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, it's not major, but I think it's um, in, in New York City, uh, we have like hundreds of uh, galleries and um, we have a lot to look um, in the city. That's why, you know, that's why I love it. It's just like the New York City is so rich with cultures yeah. um, and the contemporary art history has been around for like as long as it happened, right? And But in China, I think the contemporary Chinese art history is only like 30 years and um, 
the contemporary art history is based on Western, Western language, Western culture too. Right. So so in, so in in Shanghai, I think it's really just Shanghai is the new port of um, new portal of you know the the uh, the contemporary art. Um, but it it's still it's starting. It's it's really just starting. Um, like for the even with the materials I'm working with, and a lot of people will be, oh, that's a new material, right? And I was like, uh, not really. Uh, that material had a has a very very long history, and with modern art, you have a lot of great artists using the same materials. But it, I think for for the Chinese audience, um, they're really curious. They're so curious, like they. You see, all in in front of all the museum, we have a lot of private museum in, in China. The lines every day in front of um those museums are like two three hundred people. Yeah. Um, so the the general publics are super super curious, but we don't have as many as you know resources to provide them. So people are really just start learning, um, and I think it's a really good sign. I think we um. I think Chinese um, my people need it, and so when they react to my show, a lot of people who came to the to my show are not from um, um, the art uh, background. They're just you know maybe like family friends, and um, when they react to it, um, actually I like their reaction, and it's very. It's not a negative word. It's like quote unquote like superficial, yeah. like they. They just they just see what they see. They 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 won't process it. You know when we are in when we were in our school, like when we had to quit, you because you had this amount of um, knowledge of history of art, then you always kind of trying to associate with something, uh, with 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 the work, uh, with the work to um the the history of art or the things you have seen before. So it always. When when you try to communicate with with people in art, they always have this this source of knowledge, to 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 associate with the work, but in China, those audience have zero experience with, um, contemporary art or art history. What they do, they don't even they don't even go to museum. They don't even look at shows, and so all they all they look at probably is like TikTok on the phone, but. They when when you trying to make a conversation with them, they just say what they see. It's very direct. Yeah. Like when they see the shape of mountain, they will be like, "Oh, that's a mountain," but that's a mountain from maybe my memory of my trip to somewhere. So actually, it's very um, primary um, the reaction, which I kind of like it because it doesn't have any bias, doesn't have any you know thing that. Associate with something we are familiar with. It's it's really pure. It's very pure in a way. Yeah. Um. So I I I really enjoy that reaction, especially when the the young kid, um, like five years old, came to my show. They, when they look at the work, they always immediately get it. Isn't it funny? It's they just it's they, they cut yeah through. they just get it. <laughs> they just cut through just all cut the through stuff. Through a, yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of adults, um, when they look at my work, they will be like, "Oh, look at the title," and and they're afraid of make it wrong. You know, they they always like, "Is it something?" They always think too much. You but know what when it is? Yeah. Don't you think it's skepticism though? 
it's almost like art has yeah. such a place in our society where people don't buy it anymore because they're like, oh, well, I don't get it. Or, and it's usually predicated on like, oh, you're selling this for a lot of money. Whereas kids don't care if it's for sale or what. They're just looking at it and they're not as skeptical exactly. about that stuff. So it's kind of sad yeah. in a way that, you know. It's, I think it's skeptical and also it's in, uh, intimidation. Like yes. they, they, they feel like, oh, wow, like art, um, especially in the audience in, in, in China. Even like I feel like people here too, like, oh, you're an artist. You know, they always, you know, even when they go to shows, they try, they're afraid of making it wrong. Right. But there is no, there, there's never wrong and right to, to, to talk about art there. So I really respect when, when people come to my show, even the little kid, they, when they look at my work, they, they immediately just want to touch it. And my work, it's, I don't know, it's like textile and it's like kind of like fluffy and they always want to touch it. And the second, when they react to it, when the, the parents are always like, what do you think it is? And the, the kids are just, they, they just say it just so pure and so right. They're so direct and I love their reaction. And I love when the kids, even the shows I had before, when the kids came, they they just like enjoy trying to figure out what it is. And for them, there's no any skeptical um, things happening or intimidation for them. It's just object. And for them, it's just something they look at. And yeah. So do you, yeah, that's, it's, it's so funny how different audiences and it's, it's actually what makes it great is, you know, when you make work, visual work, it can be seen and interpreted by anyone. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's almost like music in that way. It's not like, you know, reading or like poetry or stories or like movies in a different language. It's kind of like it, it supersedes language in a way. But sometimes people, if they feel like they don't know the art language, they get intimidated and that they kind of shut themselves off to it, which is kind of a shame. Um, yeah, yeah. So what do you envision? I mean, you've been here in New York for a while I mean, do mm-hmm. you feed off the city? Has it changed in like the last year and a half as far as like, you know, your feelings on the vibe of the city and making work here? Or do you see yourself as like, I'm, because you're going back and forth. I mean, do you feel like yeah. you have roots here now and you're just going to stay here and like go back and forth? Or do you have a pull to go back to Shanghai? Oh, not full time. Definitely not full time. Okay. A um, little bit. It's I, nice to visit. but A not little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think... I always, I have been in New York almost eight years now. Um, I mean, I always have this love and hate relationship with New York. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes like you hate it so much that you want to leave. But w- once you leave for um, three months, you kind of miss it. Right, like when totally. you, like this time when I came back on the, the cab and on the way um, to the city, when you see, when you just like the cheesiest thing, when you see the skyline of yeah. New York City, you just like, oh my God, I'm finally back. Um, yeah, but New York has changed for sure. Like um, six years ago when I was in college, it, it's, it's, it's very different. Like because my school was in East Village and, and the East Village is very different back then. Like all the shops, all the people. But I think New York always has its energy yeah. and has its, the essence is always there. Um, no matter how how much changes, how many pe- people are always coming in and go, but they're always fresh blood and always new energy uh, coming 
Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I love the city, and well, not the winter though.、Um, the winter is <laughs> yeah, kind of miserable. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah only,、so、if only we could have New York, like the culture, the diversity, the food, all that. It is、mm-hmm. slightly more mild climate. Yeah, but sometimes the New York winter、um, also makes me. Even the winter is so long, like until May, kind of,、um, like toward the, towards the end of the winter, like the April or, or May, when everybody got really, really frustrated. Like that's also a very interesting time. It, it just New York as a whole package. It just has so much, so much, and so much things to look at. Like so much thing to like when you're in New York. It just a lot of things are happening, but also it's true that. Because it's a lot of things happening, you kind of it's difficult to get to 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 be focused. Yeah.、Um, especially making art is is like you you need to be really self disciplined.、Um, you have to spend, you know, many hours a day in being a studio and think about your work, making your work. But in New York City, because there's so many things going on.、Um, You kind of get distracted, and、uh, I have a lot of friends who now are no longer in the city, and they they always told me it's a really draining place. Like you const you are constantly being sucked into this weird pool that you cannot you know get out. So it's it's really you have to really balance yourself in the city. But I'm I'm a city person. Like I was born and raised in Shanghai. It is a very cosmopolitan city, and even. More things going on,、um, so I always loved energy of city. But from time to time, I agree. I need to get out. Like I need to, you know, be close to the nature and yeah. refresh.、Um, I love you, yeah, refresh. And I love Europe. You know, just the the, the rhythm in Europe. It's it's much more slower. Uh, much much more chill. It's um. But I always love, but I I love the, the you know the agency like of you know making the works you know go on deadline all、uh, the deadline sometimes drives me crazy but I kind of love it too I, I I need both I need you know efficiency I also need space and free time and to to explore so I think I will I think New York will always be my base and then、um, from time to time and I can travel. I can go back to China, be with you know、um, my friends and my family, but most of my most of my friends are actually in states now.、Yeah. Um, so I think the future,、um, you no no longer have this one place. You, I think people would would like to you know travel around and you know be a kind of like a you know world citizen in a way.、Right. Um, I think that's gonna be, you know, the future. Let's see if I can support myself with with with, with this kind of lifestyle. <laughs> Globe trotting, it's it's.、Yeah. I think it's good for people. Like I think people who stay in one place their whole life become very sheltered and have a specific view. And I think it's good for the global, you know, population to have people who travel and understand different cultures and things like that.、So、yeah, like uh, we become more like a hybrid instead of you know. Just within one culture,、right. and I, I think it's, it's it just more the, the world is so complex, and the cultures are so every culture is so different, and and I just enjoy it to be with you know different people from different background and just talk about things and yeah and 
I, re- I, I think as an artist, you have this、uh, privilege. Like you can go to residencies, you can have shows in different places, meet different people,、yeah. and that's yeah. That's why that's why also it's like I love this job, like the quote unquote job, and <laughs> yeah. Right. I would imagine though that you probably really. Mi- I mean, I haven't even had the good stuff, but I imagine you miss the food from Shanghai. Oh, I mean, actually, like real I- Shanghai cuisine, like you know. And I haven't even had、oh. like the real, real version of it, but. The good version that I can get here is just so good that I would imagine really missing that. <clears throat> um, I gained like ten pounds when I was in <laughs> Shanghai for the last five months. Um, the food was amazing, but I actually miss more New York food because New York food, like in New York, you can have so much varieties. Oh, and, anything and every. Anything like the Japanese food, you can get like you know very like、um, home cooking, but you can also the best home cooking here. But you can also get the best you know fine dining here. I mean, in in, in I mean Chinese food, yeah, that's difficult. I, I don't know. Actually, Chinese food、mm, in the city.、Mm, It's an interesting thing, few- right? The phenomenon of like the American Chinese food. Yeah,、so, but that's like, also you know different. I missed it though. But I missed it though. Like when I'm in China, I kind of like, oh, I kind of want a sesame chicken or orange chicken, but they don't have it that in China. Right.、Um, so,、uh, but New York is like you can get the Thai food, you can you can get all sorts of food. But in Shanghai, it's like okay, if you want to get like um, you can get pretty good Japanese food, but you have to find it. Um, Shanghai is quite good though. Like compared to other cities, like I think you can get. Um, as many as possible, but for like French food and Italian, it's oh the problem with New York and in Shanghai, I think French and Italian food are so expensive. Oh yeah. Um, but in Europe, you can get just like you know for if you go to Napoli, a pizza is like five to eight euros, and you can it's the best pizza in the world.、Yeah. You know? so, so, but you see, I think New York, we are already so spoiled. I think.、Um, Um, I agree. Yeah, we're so spoiled. I think. I think、um, it's by, food here is. It, it's part of the reason I'm not gone. <laughs> I want like、right? the part of the reason I haven't moved to another city or have gone upstate or done something else is just, you know, I've been so spoiled by eating around the globe here. It's like yeah, and you know, you can just it's so convenient. Like I. You know, I've lived in Brooklyn for over twenty years, and I've always、Great. been within like a floor, a four-block radius of like international. You know, like foods from all over. So, when you have、yeah. that, and you think about getting away from that and going somewhere where you, you know, like a Whole Foods is your only exotic way of getting food. I mean, that's like a tough, you know, call. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't think I can do it. I mean, upstate is nice, but I can only be there, like. But my dad is a great chef. That's another thing. So if I'm with my family, I'm kind of even more spoiled. Like they can cook really well. That's an advantage.、Um, But groceries, yeah, you gotta、uh, find the good stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's why I I decide to live in Chinatown. It's much easier for my for my dad to get groceries、yeah. and because he doesn't speak the language. But I mean Chinatown, the the the, the ingredients, the you know the price is great and it's fresh because there are a lot of people coming every day to get groceries.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I I love food. I mean, I, my family is is totally like super on food, so I don't think I can live in a place that without 
this global, you know, international food yeah. culture. Um, yeah. Um, it's stimulating also, for being creative too, I think, you know, to be around that energy. I totally, totally. Like, yeah, I think we, I mean, food is the, 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 the essence of the energy and we, we definitely need it. And yeah, I don't think I can leave New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you can't and, eat paint. You got to eat some good food. <laughs> You know, it's, know, it's got to fuel you, so. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to get more healthy. If I'm on the Luma, like, six hours or eight hours a day, I, I literally just don't move. And and I, I need to do some more, like, workout stuff. Yeah, and, and it's, it's very tiring because my, my back is already having a problem um, because you're, you're holding this gesture for more than a couple hours then your back your muscles start to like freeze and my spine started to like twist and that's something i need to be really careful about um i have a an idea for us we can we can patent this it's a standing upright loom with elliptical built into it right <laughs> but how you then the, how you step how you that's not how i you have step no idea the but they'll sell like hotcakes they'll it'll be a huge sensation <laughs> <laughs> it would yeah. be amazing though I too i mean how you've seen people during the pandemic at work like with the stand-up desks or like putting the little yeah. mini elliptical under the desk so at least you're moving your feet all day because we're just hunched over the computer for like hours and hours and hours you know yeah kids are homeschooling I, and just like picking picking up weight and like you know getting pale and peaked it's so nice now that they can go out again and like you know it was I tough know. it is tough i mean i, I don't I, I mean kids in the house 24 7 oh i i, I lived it for a year how, it was brutal i know I, I imagine how you i can't imagine how you do it <laughs> constant nagging to like go do the treadmill or something you know it's just like you know it's not a good it's i mean knock on wood hopefully we're you know in a much better place here moving forward so hopefully hopefully i hope like we can travel soon and you know we can just meet in person yep I like be outside and you know and and, and I think we st- like a lot of people think like we can live in the on the uh, on the computer now I was like no no no, no. I, I I definitely need interaction physical interaction with people yeah um it just helps it's it just like spiritually you, you need that and that's that's part of human nature. We're that's social part of creatures. Nature. Yeah. We need it. Exactly. It feeds the yeah, soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, your soul needs it so much. And, 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 and hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I already see it. I already see New York coming back. The moment I came back, it's like when everything started to open. Oh, um, it's coming back. It's, yeah, New York is. Hey, we did. Yeah. I f- first time in like a, over a year, we did Korean barbecue this weekend. And it was just like. It felt like Ah, you don't appreciate that stuff until you can't do it for a year, you know? Right. Oh my God, we're sitting here like in a place and it was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need it. It, it, I mean, like, I mean, I had a look, like I had a like luxury in China that, you know, had a, at least at the six month of winter in Shanghai was completely normal. You know, way in Shanghai. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I still went to parties in, in Shanghai. It was it was crazy when I said I went to parties and everybody here was like, "Whoa!" Like we haven't party for like one year and a half. And I was like, "Yep, I'm yep, 
I mean, Shanghai is pretty great on that side. Definitely. So what are you working on now? Do you have anything coming up that... Yes. Um, actually, I'm on deadline again. Um, I will have um, this... Uh, I will have a couple group shows in, over the summer. One in Upstate, um, one in West Halsey McKay mm-hmm. uh, in East Hamptons. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, I will have. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm working on this a little show, little project. Um, also in East Hamptons with Amanda's Wood. Um, it will be like a very small space, but having some um, Brazilian furnitures, uh, from mid centuries. Um, and then uh, have have. It's like a show, but with you know like furniture, Brazilian furnitures, um, and my works on a wall. Nice. So I'm working on that show. Um, and then I will, I mean, this year, this year is pretty good. I'm, I mean, I, I had two shows and so Candice, Mandy and Chambers, this show is going to be on until July 3rd. Um, and then I will prepare the works for, you know, the fairs like Amory with Housing McKay and Westbound with Capsule in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. So, so pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really working yeah the really trying to um you know finish before the um the, the deadline so mostly will be the woven work on the on the loom yeah um yeah and then i will still make some knitted works but it's gonna be you know just in between but i, I plan to make a big piece for for um for the fair so um 3d or be, to like on the wall uh, still on the wall. I I was thinking about making like you know sculptures, um, but I think that's on the way. I need to. I, I really need to figure out um, how I'm gonna make. Cause I always actually, I always wanted to be a sculptor, um, making three D stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think um, get used to you know the the two D and gradually move to three D is you know the way for me to do it. Yeah. Um, so I will, it's still going to be, this year still going to be 2D and let's see if when I have the opportunity um, to make 3D stuff and I already have some ideas, but uh, it's still like at the very early stage. Um, but it's gonna, definitely going to be also with, you know, textile and um, yeah, and I, I, I hope I can um, go back to ceramics, um, to clay in the future. Yeah. Uh, but that's gonna take. I uh, need to figure out like wh- uh, I I I do. I might have access to 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 the clay stuff in China, um, um, but I definitely want a s- space with with you know ceramics in the in the you know here too, so I can right. work on both materials. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good this year, and next year will be good year. Hopefully, when everything open up. Yeah, it's gonna feel like. You know, and people, there's good. I don't know if you agree. I mean, it sounds like you were doing it too, but like it, I've been really productive being shut in. So I think there's going to be a lot of great work that kind of comes out of that, this time period of just, you know, just people like huddled in and working and in extreme situations. Sometimes it, it brings, you know, interesting creative output. Yeah. 
I definitely, I, I do think, I mean, you, you have two kinds, like one is like really devoted, like very focused. You have another, another group, which is like super depressed and not be able to make any work. So I think I'm the, I'm the, I'm definitely the, the, on your side, you know, like getting very pr- productive and really like focus on yourself. Um, I, I, I like, I like when, when, when there's no, not too many obligations. When I was in, in, in China, my mom was, quite demanding I, I had to do a lot of you know family family stuff and a lot of obligations and that really tires me and um for me is I can do that a little bit but I I don't appreciate for like too many things right. it's going to really drain me and I couldn't like what and, and then working on the loom you need a certain rhythm like once you build this rhythm, uh, like you, how many hours you, you weave a day and um, you kind of just every day, it, it has to be like the same. Otherwise, if you s- stop, then your rhythm stop. And then when you go back to it, um, you have to, you know, start a new rhythm. Yeah. So there's always this rhythm through, throughout the process of making anything. Then for me, it's like, okay, if I have, because usually I would make, like I would make, I would kind of um, make like 10, 12 yards of warp. So the whole 10, like 12 yards of warp kind of is, is like an ongoing process. There's no stop. I don't cut it. I don't really cut it uh, once I finish one piece. I usually cut the final ends when I have like 10 pieces on the loom. Um, so I definitely need this rhythm just to keep going and so last for the last three months I was on the loom um, I um, I spent like three months just like going back to it and go out go go back and go out and that's I don't enjoy that process if I'm in the process I, I like you know finish it in, in one time and just be very very focused yeah, um, yeah. so well um, I look forward to seeing the work that's coming out. And then everyone, uh, the the gallery's open, right? So people can go. Is it normal hours with your show now? Yes. Or? Okay. Um, I think so. Like every gallery is kind of different nowadays. Yeah. Like, um, Candace um is opening. I don't know. She just hired somebody new, so maybe the hours will be different. It's it's from Wednesday to Saturday. Um, from I think eleven to six. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't think they're opening from um, Sunday to Tuesday, but I, I need to figure out because the the hours are still kind of weird. But now, yeah, now you don't have to make appointment. Like you can just um, go straight in. Perfect. So people in New York should check out that show for sure. And then you're on Instagram, but I don't even know how to describe your handle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Da, 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 da. Is there, yeah, I was thinking is when I was looking at it, I was like, is this like a, a musical? Like, is there like a, you know, da, 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 da. I didn't know if it was like rhythm or if it was just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. Randomly, I had this for years, so I just don't want to change it. Like, and then it's like when I put it, I was like, huh, what is it? And then my friend was like, it sounds like da, 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 da. You know, oh, like that kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You see? Um it it is it is like um uh a music kind of <laughs> but it yeah. also has a little dada surrealist you know play too 
Yeah, and also I I remember. Oh, I now I remember because one of my f-、uh, high school friends' parents they couldn't print uh, uh, they couldn't say the English word of my、uh, my name Miranda.、Oh, yeah. So my friend was like, just call her Dada, because like Miranda, like the the D A at the end. So so that's how my my high、oh, school's parents it, it.、Uh, how they call me. So I was like, okay, fine, but that's not even my legal name.、Um, that's just a nickname. That's the, that's a. My English, and like you know, everybody in China. Right, right. I yeah, never understand why has... L's and R's get thrown into those English names. <laughs> oh, like my、I、son has, he's half Japanese, so he has、uh, a Japanese name. So we deliberately picked a name that doesn't have an R in it because、oh. in English, Japanese names are butchered because they say the R like an R when it's not an R. So. Uh, you know what I mean. It's it's a tough right. It's a c- tough switch.、Yeah. Although, did you grow up? Learn, did you speak、uh, Shanghainese like、uh, that dialect of Mandarin? Yes, I do. Is it like、yeah. really different, or is it just slightly different? It's real. Oh, depends because we have so many dialogue、uh, dialects、yeah. um, in China. But Shanghainese is if you're from the southern part of China, like, which is like. Um, more close to Shanghai, so that region kind of can understand each other, but their、um, the tone, the accent will be a little bit different,、uh, the dialect. Yeah. But if you're going like if let's say if like people from Beijing,、um, they they probably don't understand a word of Shanghainese. Right.、Uh, or people from Hong Kong, they don't understand like a word of、uh, Shanghainese, but. People from like each dialect, dialect like kind of like kind of、um, it's like Italy. Like every region has their own dialect, but they don't really understand each other. It's fascinating, it's saying, isn't it? I love language. It's so fascinating to me. Do you speak Japanese?、Um, a conversation like limited. I can get by. Uh huh. Yes.、That's、I taught、nice. myself yes, yes. two of the three alphabets, but the Chinese characters I only know a few. There's so many. It's so hard. <laughs> Yeah, but there is a rule. There is a rule, but it is hard, right? Imagine I don't even know how how I learned it. Maybe like when you were young, you just yeah, you just take、um, it in, right? It just take it in. How、but、many when are I there? There's like thirty six hundred or thirty nine hundred of them, aren't there? Five thousand something. Jeez,、like、yeah, there's no chance. I don't even try. And then the th- hard thing、but、about Japanese is it combines. You combine it, so you have to learn the Chinese character, and then you have to learn how it's different when you add hiragana to it. So it's like impossible for me.、Um, but in Chinese, like the the characters,、um, it's like the you the the one that you usually use are not that many. Like right, you know the、right. conversational, like it's 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 not that many.、Um, but there are like a lot. It's 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 crazy.、Um, Yeah, but I I also love language. I I try to、um, study French, but、uh, it seems like very difficult. When I start learning English, it was very difficult already because the you know the the whole structure, like we don't have gra- in Chi- in Chinese we don't we don't really have grammar. We don't really have conjugation. We don't really have tenses. So all these are new for me.、Um, yeah, but you have tones, in- which makes it difficult. Oh yeah. Oh, we have like this, but only four four tones. <laughs> Yeah, but it's still hard. <laughs> it's hard when you move those tones over all sorts of different words and stuff. That's why Japanese to me was much like it, it just it can be monotone pretty much. You know what I mean? It makes、yeah. it a little easier. Yeah, true, 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 true. Because like in Chi- Chinese, if you say、uh, 
words in different tones, it means totally different things. Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a lot about mem- memorizing, memorizing those. Oh my god, I don't even know how like how do people how can people even memorize all these. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. I'm in the stage of my life where I'm losing memory, not gaining. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no, you look very young. Oh, it's just the, uh, um, well, thank you. I'm I'm not, yeah, but I feel like part of it, too, is just there's so much data that we have to remember these days that you just let your phone do it, and then you just can't keep it all. You know what I mean? It's like I just have a hard time just memorizing all the stuff that's going on. And I've kind of succumbed to it. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to depend on that phone. It's going to tell me when to do what I need to do, or I'm just not going to remember. Yeah, but but do you think it's going to be even more difficult if you rely on, you know, the phones, the tools too much? Then you don't have, you don't even practice your your brain. Like you don't let your pra- your brain to practice, you know, memorizing things. I don't know. This like whole technology thing, kind of, uh, yeah. I don't know what's going to be Yeah, no, future. I know what you're saying. You become dependent upon the technology. But right. the thing is, is like, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to have known life before smartphones and the internet. And there were mm-hmm. only a certain amount of things during the day that you could know or remember. Like you would call someone from a phone when you were somewhere. And then you wouldn't talk right. to people all day until you got home from work or home from school. You know, now it's like there's data coming at you all the time. You're just constantly being bombarded by text messages and calendars and all that stuff. So I think it's partially the technology uh, flooding you that makes you unable to remember all of it. And we're constantly multitasking right. and getting distracted where we used to not do that. So our our brain isn't wired to handle this kind of like change in direction all the time from like different sort of... Um, information threads being thrown at us you know it's weird it true the mass information like we we in, in the old time we didn't have that that, that much information to remember no. now it's like so many oh, there was a comedian talking about right. how like back in the day you would wake up and go to work i forget uh-huh. who was talking about this but basically like that your kid could have gotten lost and like you know your your wife was in a fender bender or whatever and you wouldn't know until you just got home <laughs> like hmm. like there was no you weren't you didn't have a phone you didn't have a car phone. like there was just no way to know until you just get back there you know that was life for right. a long time but it's not that like that must anymore. be i feel like that that people must feel very secure in a way or i don't know i don't think i can live in that anymore i will feel like super insecure all the time yeah you can't anymore like i've acclimated to being a total phone person but back then i didn't think about it i was fine with it Uh, and it was much more relaxing because when i was in college there were no there were no smartphones there was no internet so it was and now i teach college students and i see how they're so different it's such a different experience you know like they're posting pictures of their in, you know, their painting class like in real time to the world. You know what I mean? Which is much different than I got to keep trying at this so I can one day move to New York and try to show this stuff. That's like a much different right. time frame. <laughs> so it's it's the yeah. whole thing is like is is pretty amazing and ridiculous and fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I I I had I had a little memory when, you know, uh, the time that we didn't have the um, the computer and the, the internet, um, but I don't know. Like 
I I don't know. Maybe it's it just you know my fantasy. Uh, my fantasy like imagine the past. Like I feel like the time feels longer, and re- people are more were more patient. Definitely. Like nowadays, everything has to be within speed. You know, like you're having this show in in three months, and for me, like I don't know. I feel like. I kind of hope things can slow down a bit more, so you have more time that to to look at things and to feel about things instead of you know because things are moving so fast, you don't you don't even have any time to do reflection and 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 to to enjoy even. Um, nope, so, it's gone. I don't know, but that's yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, and the people are super impatient too. Like if you don't reply um, a text message or you don't reply a email, right. then people will chase after you. And and I'm like, uh, I kind of hope can be a little bit. People can be a little bit more patient. And but it's also we're living this like extreme capitalism time that. Time is money. Money is time, and kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's the kind of thing it's hard to go back from. I mean, I used to yeah. take a photo, take photos on my camera, and then I'd have mm-hmm. to go drop it off somewhere and get it developed in like a week. Then I'd get the photos right. back, open it up, and see them for the first time. Then I'd have to take them to school and show my friends. Now I get annoyed right. if they don't get the text within five seconds. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's a big difference there. I don't know what it means or what it is, but it does something to you. You know what I mean? To the brain. Right. And the, and the interesting and, uh, thing is all visual. You know what I mean? Like we're all experiencing right. stuff visually. So our relationship to visual images, of course, is going to have, you know, a different sensibility. And even I feel like the funny thing is like the the world we're living is so fast. Like, the, I mean, the you know, what we expect our expectation from others are like, you know, the speed, speed, efficiency, speed, speed. But our lives, like, you know, the the physical living, like the physical lives are like longer. Like we used to be like the average age was like maybe 60s and 70. Now like people easily go over 100 years old. Yeah. But you have so many things, but you still are moving so fast. And I was like, when you're 80, your energy level will be low. <laughs> you just like, can't. It's true. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I think too much. No, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. It's interesting, the, mm. the, the pace. And then it's cool because you're doing something like in your work that has such a specific pace to it that forces you to slow down. And that's, I love that about painting too. It's kind of. Right. forces this change of pace and it's almost like you know uh, a lucky thing to have you know that you that yeah. you can spend time in a room slowly building something up and maybe that's partially why people still love to look at analog work is because someone took the time to do it right right i i i, I really learned to be patient um with with my work it, it you, you can never hurry it um with painting, oil painting, you have to wait it to be dried. Yeah. Um, with clay, even more, you have to be really careful about the, the consistency of the clay. Is it too wet? Is it too dry? It's all about timing. Um, yeah, I mean, I 
maybe that's why I enjoy that process, even though it's really repetitive. But at the same time, it's like if you don't spend that much time, it's never gonna be finished. You you can't rush it.、Um, you have to be very patient.、Um, yeah, this this whole process.、Um, It it kind of forces you to 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 have this slow down your pace. Yeah, I think it's、oh. for a certain person though, because I've noticed our new media department at our university is definitely growing. You know what I mean? I think、oh, more people、right. are just naturally comfortable working on the computer to do things, to express themselves, to you know, to right, make quote、right. unquote make things. So it, I mean, there is always going to be the people who just love to do a screen print or to make a painting. But I think more and more people are feeling a little more comfortable. With technology, and creativity,、hmm. which is cool, you know. I mean, tools change over time, I guess. Yeah, I I wonder like, was this whole NFT thing? <laughs> oh boy! Now you just open、uh, up a can of worms. <laughs> I know, right? It's um, I I don't I don't, I mean, I, let's not let's not go on to that. It's gonna be a like it's it's gonna be a big topic. But I think I do think every tool. You can, for the digital tool, I think every tool has its own language. Definitely. And、uh, with in in our age, the the technology and digital、um, tools become an enormous, you know, parts in our life. And、yeah. I I I definitely hope、um, if there's somebody can can use this tool well and make something, you know, beautiful. You know, like beautiful in a way that's you know inspiring. You know, that,、uh, something that's you know,、uh, like how we make painting. That's how we make、um, sculpture. And yeah, I really hope. I really hope the the digital tool, somebody can make can use digital tool well. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Well, so you have your show up now up until the beginning of July. And、yes. Instagram is probably the best way for people to keep up with what you're doing, I imagine. Yes. And if they type in your name, they'll find your. Yeah, they, if they type my phone name, <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah, 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 that's or they type they can even like type my yeah phone name. I mean, my Chinese name is kind of complicated, but、um, yeah, they also find me too. Sounds good. Well, thanks for spending the time, and、uh, it was nice to. Sort of meet you over here. Hopefully, we could do this in person at some point. Oh, thank you so much! <laughs> thank you so much. Sound and Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. Many thanks to Miranda for the talk. Make sure to check out her shows at Candice Maddy and Chambers Fine Art. They're up through July third. If you have a chance, please go to iTunes, leave a rating and review, and spread the word and tell a friend about the podcast who might be into art or music. Also, please、uh, check out the website soundvisionpodcast.com for additional images. You can go to Instagram and follow at soundvisionpodcast. You can find out more about my work at brianalfred.net. Many thanks to Lullatone for the intro outro music, Michael Lovett for the introduction, and most of all, thanks to you for listening. More good episodes coming up. Make sure you stay tuned.